Traveller's really noodling at my brain. I'm kind of all in at the moment. I, uh, I'm doing, I'm advancing on three fronts really. I'm trying to get my head around which of the Traveller rule sets I would most like to play. Uh, Mongoose 2nd Edition probably sits there as the most logical because there's a really great Fantasy Grounds um, module for it and, uh, you know, it's a complete game and I bought into it big time and that would be the logical thing. But alongside that, I grabbed out Cepheus and Cepheus Lite. Uh, these are essentially uh, OGL science fiction uh, games, which are very much based on the original tra Traveller. And Cepheus Light especially kind of appeals. Um, Omer Golan Joel and Josh Peters' piece of work is really, really nice. It sort of returns uh, the game to its roots, if you like, um, in classic Traveller, and that's very, very appealing. Um, so I'm having a look through that, and I have a printed copy of the um, Pocket edition of that, I think, for, which I bought, I think, this time last year, actually. Um, which I've just noticed has got a page folded in it from the printer, but never mind. Um, and that's kind of cool, but I've um, I've also sort of got the CFIA, all the CFIA stuff, really. Um, and what the advantage of using that would be, well, first of all, it's a lighter game, even lighter than Mongoose Traveller. Um, but actually also that it allows me to hack it. Basically, I could, theoretically, I could sit down and edit the uh, OGL and do my own sort of subversion of it, really, which would be kind of interesting. The third thing, um, and perhaps the maddest, but there we go. Um, so Traveller 5. I um, bought into the Kickstarter of that oh, five more years ago. Uh, was involved in the playtest of it 10 plus years ago. Um, it was a hot mess when it was released, but last year Mark Miller did do a new Kickstarter to do three books and I basically didn't buy into it, having been burned by mm, what I consider to be an incomplete game. But you know what, he's just, he sent me, about two months ago, he sent me the PDFs, updated all my PDFs for free, no charge. And uh, so I've decided to have a look at those and um, upstairs right now the printer is running off a copy of the first book of the three, um, all 280 pages of it. <laughs> I have to say, though, having said that, that a whole awful lot of that is reference material. Um, the index itself is about four pages, looks very, very detailed. But hey, I'm going to have a look at that because I really liked the premise of Traveller 5. I liked the uh, game mechanic, uh, sorry, game mechanism, sorry, uh, Spike Pit. Um, the game mechanisms are something I really liked. There's a lot of things about it I really liked. I just felt it wasn't playtested and it wasn't complete. So that's why I sort of um, moved away, if you like. But I'm going to have a look at that too. And I'm going to allow myself a few days just to read and look through those, maybe muck around with them a little bit and not make any decisions whatsoever. And then talk to my players about, you know, in the end, what I think might be the best option. So there you go. Whew. Lots to think about, eh? And I mean, you never know. I might not even get around to playing this, but I'd love to. I really would. Anyone up for it? Things he won't share with us The darkness in his brain The dungeon's master's plan The pleasure and the pain What's better left unknown Keep calling out to me I hear him think out loud To die Only the brave shall come Open to page one 
My name is Che Webster, and this is the Roleplay Rescue Dungeon Master's Diary. Hey Che, Tim Shorts here. Yes, again, I apologize for not showing up. Jason was right, time zone screw up as usual, because that's the kind of kind of thing I do, because I, I show up for my games. I love doing my games, but uh, yeah, I just uh, mixed up your time zone for my time zone. Uh, but I got looking forward to our game on Saturday, man. Looking forward to it. And uh, uh, want to get into it and make some characters and go further than Hobbs because I can't have Hobbs being like, you know, the champion. It's just just not acceptable. You know, the, Hobbs can't win GURPS. Huh? No, no, we got to beat him. So, <laughs> all right, Jay. I hope you and your family have a fantastic holiday, my man. We'll talk soon. H.A. Jason here. Just want to say that regardless of the system we use, I'm still interested in the Traveler system or the Traveler game. Uh, every fortnight works well for me. Weeknights work better than weekends for me. But we, we can discuss it over in the Discord if you get some other players that are interested. But, yeah, I would definitely be interested in that. So interesting discussions, and I look forward to more of your podcast in the new year. Take it easy. Excellent call-ins from... Tim Shorts and Jason Connolly there. Uh, thank you, guys. Really appreciated you. And, of course, I'm talking from the future. Uh, just to say that, um, and you'll you'll hear this on the other side of probably the next episode, actually. But I, uh, yep, I'm setting up a traveler game and I'm going to do a one-shot. Basically, I've decided to go for Mongoose Traveler 2nd Edition. And I'm going to try just one of the printed adventures, um, for reasons that will become apparent later in this episode, I feel that um, that's something I want to do. And you guys um, have been talking a little bit about playing some more on the Discord. That's the Roleplay Rescue Discord. And I'm um, really up for that. I think what we need to do is set up one of those Saturday night fortnightly games I do. Um, looks like January the 11th is already set up for Thal, which is brilliant. Maybe the 25th is an opportunity to play a traveler game i don't know we'll see uh depends if anyone's interested you know anyone else interested out there then get into the discord and let me know whether you can do those dates and what you think and whether you want to play because if we can get a group of say between three and five players together i'm so full on for that anyway guys thank you so much for your call-ins let's get on with the show Hello. <laughs> it's the day after Boxing Day, uh, 27th of December, 2019. And I've got a couple of things I kind of need to get off my chest, I think. Uh, the first of all is to say I had some wonderful, wonderful personal messages via Anchor um, in terms of sound files. You know, people sending me lovely voice messages. And also via email, I had a couple of really lovely emails as well from people. And um, yeah, I don't think I'm going to share any of them. Um, I think they are in, in many ways quite personal and also something that if I, if I put them into a show a couple of weeks after Christmas, it's going to seem really odd because a lot of it's like Merry Christmas and I also wanted to say. And it's the and I also wanted to say stuff that really touched my heart actually and made a massive difference to me in the last few days. Okay, so that was the the positive thing, I suppose. Um, but also on my on my mind is this sense of, um, I guess, for want of 
putting it any other way, this growing sense that I have been wrong. Um, there you go, I've said it. Um, I think that there are many things that I've learned this year um, through the podcast and through the interactions I've had in the anchor community and in the hobby community generally that have really sort of driven me forward in terms of my hobby. And I think in the previous episode I talked about how I regretted kind of not moving forward in terms of my hobby earlier. And I think that um, in this time of, of reflection that comes every year at Christmas time and as I work into the new year, I have more than any year time in my life up till now, I think, felt a fairly intense sense of, um, yeah, just being kind of wrong about my hobby. Um, I guess... Um, I feel wrong about almost everything. Um, but the philosopher tells me that this is a good thing. It's not a bad thing to feel that you're wrong. I think it's a good thing. I think it becomes a bad thing if we don't embrace our wrongness. Um, and I think that for a long while I've been very stubborn in the way I think, in the way I game, in the way I do things. Um, in a way that actually isn't the way I want to be. I aspire when I get out of bed in the morning to create communities of discovery in which people can feel accepted. And all of that really arises from my own sense of not being accepted for most of my life. And also from my own curiosity um, in life, you know, that I want to live a good life. And I want to be a positive force in the lives around me, which is very, very hard, um, especially when you're a curmudgeonly old git like me. Anyway, um, what am I trying to say? I don't know. I think I probably need to do some episodes on this um, to unpack it more, but I, I kind of wanted to put on record this sense of I feel I have been wrong. And there are some things that I need to let go of, and one of those things is this idea that um, I, um, yeah, I'm right. <laughs> that in any way that I'm right, that I'm actually probably wrong about everything. Um, and that's okay, as long as I am learning to become better. And yeah, so I've said it, I'm probably going to have to unpack that a little bit more down the line, aren't I? But there you go. A not terribly coherent confession, but it had to come off me. I had to get it out because I've been wanting to say something for about two or three days now. And um, there you go, I've said it. I was wrong. A day later and a lot more thinking under the bridge. Is that such a thing? Water under the bridge, I guess. Um, a day later and a lot more thinking done. I think I'm in a better position to talk a little bit about what I was on about um, when I said that I was wrong. Um, I think generally, first of all, a kind of general philosophical thing. 
I don't think many people have much of a clue about what they're doing. Everyone's hoping that they're doing the right thing. And I think it's healthy to have a sense that we are not necessarily right. And I think for a very long while, I have harboured under that illusion too strongly. Um, I think that I have been quite tempted to believe that I am right about many things. Anyway, um, a little bit of healthy scepticism, I suppose, has kind of crept back into my consciousness over the last few days. I find holidays are very good for reflection. I get time to think um, without all of the things I'm supposed to care about kind of cluttering up my thinking. And anyway, um, reflecting, I realised that for most of my life I've been basically buying games and largely not playing them. I've been very much kind of consuming the hobby but not necessarily kind of giving much back to the hobby and um, I think last year that started to change. I think the beginning of my podcast was the beginning of me wanting to give something back to the hobby. I think I've said this before and so you know here I am trying to give something back to the hobby and I'm very grateful for all the people who've listened. The I don't know what it is maybe 150 to 200 or so people who tune in and listen to what I witter on about on a weekly basis. I love you all. I really do. I appreciate everything that you um, you give me, really. Most of all, your ears and attention. But of course, what's really going on inside of me is that I am on a journey of um, discovery, really. I'm trying to discover more about this hobby. And um, as I explain things and as I talk about and question things um, and doing that out loud by the way into the podcast is merely the tool by which I get to do this before I podcasted I did it to some degree on my blog and um, I do this a lot with people I, if I'm talking to someone in the hobby about the hobby I'll often be musing out loud really uh, I don't think people necessarily realize that I think sometimes they believe that I have all these well thought out thoughts and the reality is I don't have all these well thought out thoughts I have the thoughts I've been thinking about recently anyway I probably digress I've had some thoughts in the last few days that really have me questioning the approach I've been taking so I guess I'm just going to kind of lay those thoughts out into my diary and then put them out there and share them with you guys and see what you think um and remember, this is just really me musing out loud. Um, might not be terribly coherent. The first thought was that um, this year I chose to choose one game and try and get past rules. And to some degree, I think I've been quite successful in doing that, um, bypassing the constant quest for the ideal rule set, which I kind of realise in my heart isn't isn't a thing. It's the platonic ideal of a role-playing rule set um, is something that I need to care less about, I think. Um, don't get me wrong, I think there are many good games out there and there are rules that help the process of play and then there are rules that get in the way of the process of play, but I want to be less concerned with those. I'm listening to an awful lot of podcasts and I'm reading an awful lot of blog posts that seem to be basically going around the loop of, hey, have you seen this rule set? Isn't it cool? And, oh no, this rule set isn't perfect after all. Hey, have you seen this rule set? And, I don't know, I, I kind of felt like I wanted to distance myself from that a little bit. But then again, I could be wrong. 
Perhaps there is something to be said for journeying around those rule sets and understanding more about how the game is played. But for now, I'm certainly less concerned with rules, which is going to sound odd when I say the next thing I want to talk about. I think that what I really want to discover is the richness of worlds that exist, the settings. And I also want to explore and discover new structures. Um, and I want to play with some old structures. Now, in the last couple of weeks, um, I've really dug into doing the dungeon crawl game structure. And I've begun to explore uh, the idea of a mega dungeon um, in a way that I perhaps haven't engaged with quite fully before. And alongside that, I have dug into GURPS Dungeon Fantasy role-playing game as a system to kind of support that. And that's been an awful lot of fun. And I have a game this very evening of that, and I need to go and prep for that. But I think that I might have been wrong about what I really wanted from the hobby. And I think I might have been wrong about what is actually really valuable in the hobby. And I think that what is really valuable in the hobby is constantly discovering more about how to play better with other people. And I think that I've allowed myself to be a loner for a very long while. I think that I have, I have spent many years, if I go back in time to the late 80s into the 90s when I went to university, there were very few gamers around me, really only one, um, my mate Derek, and we didn't game very much when we were at uni. We were far too busy doing uni things and trying to get this degree and um, also being drunk and all those other things that you do at uni. But actually I learned once I came out of university and I went into the world of work and even when I worked for Games Workshop, I learned that the role-playing hobby wasn't, wasn't something that was popular really. It was a real niche, a niche, a niche. Uh, Games Workshop talks a lot about being a niche business and um, that's very true, you know, wargaming and then within that fantasy, wargaming is a, is a real niche of a niche and role-playing within fantasy worlds is a niche of a niche of a niche really, it's incredible and then when you come down to the specific games that I might be interested in playing, you know, if we put aside Dungeons & Dragons 5th edition, which is the largest kind of role-playing game there is out there right now, Everything else in comparison to that pales. The only thing that gets close is Pathfinder. And then after that, everything else is just a mini fraction of the market, if you like, the and the, of the appeal and popularity of that particular game. Love it or hate it, Dungeons & Dragons dominates role-playing. And in some respects, sets the tone for role-playing and sets the expectations for role-playing, which is something I think that many of us who have been around a long while and perhaps have a different style and approach to play feel quite threatened by at times, or at least troubled by, bothered by. Maybe you feel like it's the presentation of Dungeons & Dragons isn't too narrow. That's certainly how I feel. Anyway, so yeah, I've spent a lot of time alone, I think, in the hobby. I think I spent a lot, about, about 10 years, no, maybe not quite that long, seven or eight years alone in the hobby completely. Not gaming at all, just reading, buying things and reading them. Um, and sometimes just buying things. I formed this terrible habit of buying books, getting excited about them, looking through them for about two minutes, putting them on a pile. And of course, because the books come so thick and fast, the pile grows and I don't get around to reading them, which is something I'd like to fix. But again, I've been gaming alone. In 99, as I came here in 98 to Nottingham and into 99, I met Ian, my very good friend now, Ian who games with me most Fridays. And uh, Deb and I 
eventually Deb came with me to the club to find out what this was all about. And we joined the Nottingham Gaming Club and we gamed there for a while, about maybe a year or so. And I became a dungeon master eventually in that time, as did Deb very briefly. And then we came to the home group and I brought some of the players from the Nottingham Gaming Club to my home group. And then since then, we've been a very insular group. I, I, I would hesitate to say, or I would hazard to say, I think is the word. Um, yeah, very insular. Like we play our group and that group has shrunk. It has sometimes grown. I've sometimes attracted new players. And then I tended to lose them, I think largely through my own flakiness, through my own inability to settle on something long term, which continues even to this day is a perennial problem for me. So, yeah, I've been alone a lot in my gaming. And even when I haven't been alone, I've tended to be alone in my head. I've tended to be moving faster than my players are in the way I'm thinking. Um, I am constantly buzzing around the various things I'm interested in and you know you could go the two weeks between sessions I could have changed my mind four times about what I'd like to play next week that's how I am and I think I've been very wrong about that I've been very wrong about all of that kind of approach to things and um, I think it's been quite damaging actually in the long term to the way in which I've enjoyed and got enjoyment from the hobby it has certainly been a very kind of self-centered and quite entitled approach to the hobby that I'd like to correct, I guess, that I'd like to address. So what is it that I really want from the hobby? I mean, starting with me, um, I want to discover things. I want to try new things. Um, but the thing I realized that I want more than anything is I want to game with people and help them have a really good game. And I want to learn to become a G the kind of GM who can provide a really good game for other people. And the only way I can do that is through a process of experimentation, I think. I think that I need to go and experiment with various things. Um, no, no, no mind-altering drugs. No, no, uh, nothing sinister particularly. I think what I need to do is try a few things on for size um, and look at them in a slightly different way. Um, how can I explain this? Well, there is a list that I kind of jumped together in the last couple of days of RPGs and adventures and worlds I want to play. Um, and this is going to sound highly contradictory from what I said before, because in here is a list of some of them are games. That means that system. But I also think the game represents an approach to gaming, um, which I'd like to explore. And the second thing is... Um, there are adventures, there are specific adventures that have been written and I have bought and I would like to learn how to run. And then there are worlds that I definitely want to explore and play in. And I think the worlds are the thing that's more important to me, I think, in the long term. And I realised that I, I, I've been trying for a long while to write my own worlds and to some success, but actually largely they feel to me quite shallow. And I think one of the reasons for that is because I just haven't explored enough worlds. I don't think I've read enough. Um, and I don't think that I have thought deeply enough about the role-playing experience that I'd like to encourage at the table. So anyway, to wrap up these thoughts today, I'm just going to run through the list I wrote down of things that I'd like to try. And then I'm going to go away and prep for Saturday's game in the Dungeons of Thal, because I think that I could overthink, um, and possibly I've already done so. So here's the list. You don't have to let me know what you think of it, I suppose. So first on my list was Traveller, any edition really, um, in the uh, official Traveller universe, but done my way. And then I said, with added magic and or sigh, 
um, because I like fantastic powers, it turns out. And I guess I guess what I'm talking about is taking the OTU and making it um, my Traveller Universe, which is... Sorry, OTU being the official Traveller Universe, by the way. Uh, and taking it mine. Um, but that said, I'm wanting to read a couple of things. I'm wanting to read Traveller 5, the um, recent November release, I think it was, of Mark Miller's kind of ultimate version of the game, which I suspect will be highly flawed. And I would also like to try and play Mongoose Traveller 2nd Edition. I've talked about it a little bit in the last couple of weeks, and I really do want to try that out. And so I think that I'm going to approach that by grabbing a Mongoose written module, um, and then try and find a way of running that module. I know that I can't just run modules as written, I know that I need to do something with them. So the first experiment is, um, can I find a way of turning a module into something I can use at the table? Next on my list is Savage Rifts. So I can play Rifts. I want to explore the Rifts universe. And I think that Rifts itself as a game is um, basically too much hard work. And I wonder if Savage Rifts would help. There's a new edition coming later this year. So maybe that's something I'm just going to park until I get there. But certainly I'd like to play in Rifts. And alongside that is Palladium Fantasy's world. And I think perhaps that's a nearer thing to me. I really like the Palladium Fantasy world. I have for many years, since 81 I thought, or 82 or something, when I first came across it. I'm not sure if it's even possibly later, because I'm not sure when it was published off the top of my head. But the 80s. Um, actually, it would have been later than that. I got it probably near 84, 85. I just lose all my geek credentials by not knowing these dates off the top of my head, I guess. Anyway, I'd like to play in the Palladium Fantasy world um, with a game that can be understood by me. There we go. Not using Palladium Fantasy role-playing game, using the Palladium Fantasy role-playing game world. Um, and I don't know which game. Something that can be understood by me, though. At Christmas, I've received the Age system. I kind of bought... Um, Fantasy Age and Modern Age just prior to Christmas at Curiosity. And people have bought me supplemental books that go with it. I have almost everything. The last thing I want is coming tomorrow, um, which is threefold, a setting for Modern Age. And um, I think that it's something I'd like to try. I'd like to try playing the Age system and finding out. Now, this represents a different approach to play for me, the more narrative approach to play, I suppose. Um, having looked through the Fantasy Age Games Masters companion thingy. Um, there's a lot of talk of acts and such that I need to sort of dig around in and just really re-understand. Pathfinder Tekken Edition needs to try. My mate Ian, I bought him a copy for Christmas. He seems to have enjoyed getting the huge tome. And he said, we need to play this and we need to play Age, but we need to play it. Um, so he's probably right. We do need to play that at some point. And maybe Pathfinder is the vehicle I could use to try out Palladium. I don't know. Now, there's some things that go deeper into my mind, back into my past. Dark Matter as a, as a setting, as a modern conspiracy horror setting from the Alternity Games rules and uh, fantastic. Some of the best games I ever had with Dark Matter. And alongside that, Beyond the Supernatural, which again is a Palladium property, which again I'd like to play more of or do something with those, mash them up, whatever. So I guess that might be step two. That might be moving towards making my own conspiracy horror setting that I keep talking about and I kind of need to do one of the worlds I think I need to create and maybe I can get Dev to play that I don't know 
Then I wrote down three other things. So I wrote down that I needed to play the Star Trek 2D20. I need to play that again. I played it at a recent convention, uh, the Owlsbear and Wizard Staff, and I really enjoyed it, and I'd like to play it again because I'm a huge Trek fan. And then yesterday, I think it was, or the day before, CNC Castles and Crusades, the Crucible of Dragons box set turned up, reminded me also that I have the Castles and Crusades Alstrang trilogy box sets. These are huge adventures, uh, fantasy adventures that need playing, and I'd like to play them. You know, I'd like to prepare them and play them. And that list alone, to me, is probably years of future play. So, hmm, not sure how realistic it is as a list, but there it is. It's my list. And so now, having read my list, and I could add to it, believe me, I'm going to shut up. I'm going to put this out there and see what you have to say. But I'm pretty sure that I've been wrong, and it's time for me to experiment and find a way back to being the game master I want to be, to discover how to be the gamer I want to be and how to help you guys and anyone at my table kind of play better, really. Game on.